everybody, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal, Slow Beef. With me, of course, my good friend, Devious Vacuum. Hello, welcome back. My good friend, Turbo C. Hello, folks. My good friend, Aaron Ronan. Hi, everyone. My good friend, Jim. Hey, everybody. All right, let's drop the bullshit. Devac, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to episode four. And <laughs> about how y'all displayed how lost you were without me, and I must say... Um, I feel very loved and appreciated. Um, How many pages are your notes this time? Oh, let's see. This was a shorter thing, so... One, yeah. two, like three. I gotta tell y'all something, though. Uh, I do have some gamer fuel with me for this episode. This is true. Yeah, this <laughs> is this a sponsored episode? <laughs> it's not. It's not. It absolutely isn't. It's not really gamer fuel. That's not the brand that I have to sponsor for real at some point, but... Uh, uh, yeah, this, but th- just for the record, this is not a sponsored podcast. So we can say whatever we want about Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel on this yeah. podcast, and they can't do anything, right? That's how the law works? I, I, I didn't, I mean, I don't know, honestly, but I'm not going to drink this swill. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He was just reading us the ingredients, and they're not different from so other sodas, so at least there's that. See, and we got this sponsorship after working on Steins Gate so hard to, on this soda <laughs> branding. Uh, yeah, right? Like, fuck off, Dr. Pepper. Snubbed again. The Dr. Pepper people were, like, just about to click the send button, and they were like, oh, fuck that. Gamerfuel, <laughs> damn, they beat us to the punch again. I'm sure the Gamerfuel people love to listen to visual novel podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one thing you need fuel for. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but what what happened? So, last time we left off as Giselle was about to begin her tale of what happened after Michelle died. Um, and he doesn't know this part. We, the, the player, don't know this part. And uh, so she agreed. And we entered the sixth door, the maid's tale... 1099 through question mark question mark question mark um so this is very difficult for Giselle but she's telling us everything that happened to her after Michelle died up until the present moment in time which is a lot yeah so she's gonna tell us the whole game uh and and what's what's been going on outside the parts we've already seen so we we start with Giselle holding Michelle's uh, blood-soaked cape uh, that was left behind after he was stabbed and dragged out of the house. And suddenly, the witch Morgana's voice appears in red as it has in previous chapters, but this time she's speaking to Giselle. And uh, she starts off by mocking Giselle for thinking that Michelle was making up that there was a witch. <laughs> she was like, there's a witch now. Here she, you know, it was real the whole time. Don't you feel stupid? <laughs> Don't you feel bad for making fun of him? Um, and Morgana says about Michelle, uh, once I told him I would grant his wish and... Uh, says uh, th- basically that that's why she was talking to him and and that he was sort of her 
executor in a way. Like he was he was sort of taking the role that she that Giselle was was now being offered to take. So Morgana says like like in the um in the the chapter full of lies, she's like, I can guarantee Michelle's reconstruction, but I can't guarantee I can only guarantee one person's reconstruction. I I'll just his, not yours. And um and so Giselle's like, well, whatever. I'll just, I'm just gonna kill myself. Like, I'll, I'll come, I'll figure it out. I'll come back. And, and she's like, well, you won't, you won't know him. You know, he'll remember, but you won't. And if, if you commit suicide, you'll go to hell because it's 10.99. Back in the days when you went to hell when you died. Yeah, that was, you know, the before times. <laughs> yeah. And Morgana won't kill Giselle herself because she promised Michelle that she would protect her. So, um, I thought it was really interesting that Morgana specifically tells, uh, Giselle that she'll go to hell if she commits suicide, because, I mean, I, like, I mean, I mean, magic is real in this, so I'm not gonna say, but, like, you know, (laughs) that's, that's a philosophical belief, (laughs) and so, so it's, I think that's kind of a hint that Morgana is just sort of saying whatever full of shit yeah and uh and giselle even says like uh that giselle even says in her narration that she was like well you know morgana was just kind of saying whatever was gonna convince me and you know i was convinced she was she was herself was very convincing and maybe i was kind of under her spell already like she she kind of isn't sure if she was capable of saying no at that point yeah Plus, it's 1099. I mean, an 11th century woman has to now decide, oh, I just found out the supernatural is real. Now, are is all the supernatural real? Is only some of it real? You know, it's a tough spot decision. It's interesting, though, that Morgana needs Giselle to agree to, to her offer. She can't just do it. Yeah. Classic Satan. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. bound. She's bound by rules. And uh, so in order to... so. Morgana says, in order to see Michel, or in order to be able to wait for him uh, to be reconstructed, Giselle needs to live here in the mansion with Morgana forever. And she was like, Michel wouldn't serve as my guide. So, and they even, I think there's even some some reference to this in the previous chapter with with uh, Morgana talking to Michel, um, where his point, his purpose was to be her guide and to... Um, lure people to the mansion or like help her curse people she already had kind of alluded to that before yeah and at this point does does he say does she say that he summoned or he restored her she says he resurrected resurrected her resurrected her yeah 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 i don't know if she says it explicitly at this point but she does say it later yeah very literally yes he resurrected her yeah and uh so Giselle is like, if I'm gonna stay here with you, like, what, what do I, what am I doing? And, and she's like, well, you're gonna be my guide. You're gonna help me out. And, uh, cause I have my own work to do and I'm waiting for the reincarnation of several heinous sinners. And so people she hates. And so Giselle agrees. And she does kind of undergo a vampire transformation <laughs> in that, she no longer has she's immediately devoid of all human urges and um and she's also moves like i guess she's like brought with the house into the sort of in between space that it's in um 
when we start the game and, uh, and we're like, it's like, oh, this house is like, it's not, it's not in the physical world right now. Yeah. And it's eternally dark. Yeah. It's dark. It's, there's nothing outside and the windows are all, and the doors are all locked and shuttered. Yep. Oh, and before we move on, there's a weird joke. Um, when the witch tells Nirvana he's gonna be con- reconstructed, and or tells yeah, Giselle goes like, "But how do I know he'll be my Michelle?" And then the witch goes, "You beat me to the punchline because it's a Beatles joke." Oh my god! <laughs> but I'm like, oh wow, that's that completely broke narrative there. But I, okay, yeah, just whatever. And they just move on. They never acknowledge it. She's uh, the witch is absolutely the genie of the mansion. Yeah, she's just not bound by time and space she's it's more like i mean i'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty sure this wasn't in japanese so <laughs> oh it's it's a translation joke okay yeah <laughs> i'm pretty sure listen giselle you've never had a friend like me yeah <laughs> like those are some weird meta jokes to be in, inserting into a translation <laughs> morgana's <laughs> character is so bizarre um f- compared to the tone like she, i think that it's i don't know if it, this is um, I mean, I assume it's intentional, at least in, on the English translation, um, but her tone and everything about her is so dissonant with, like, the whole mood of the whole game. Like, she is, um, she, like, everything is sort of overwrought and melodramatic, and, and then she's, um, like, bitter and snarky and just insufferable, and I just, it's, I can appreciate how dissonant she is from the rest of the game. Yeah, I. This game, I think, takes a lot from another visual novel, uh, Omineko, Monaco Colony. Oh yeah. Um, it's not the first time I noticed this. It, they, they take a lot of elements from from that one, and that one has a lot of witches in it. And the tone of those witches are very similar to how Morgana is depicted here. Morgana is, she's, she's so. Uh, She's so hateful and, like, bitter, but in a, sort of an immature way, which is interesting. Like, she doesn't have the sort of gravity that I was expecting her to have. I think I said that last time, too. Yeah. It seems like it's almost like the remnant of a person. Like, all that exists is this hatred and the ability to, to manipulate other people. It's almost not like a mm. character. It's like just, like, oh, whatever is left from this witch that was destroyed is just this being of hate. They also have that sound effect of her laughing. I think they actually have several. Yeah. Uh, that's there from time to time. And it's like a mocking, but, but, but still a little girl laugh. Yeah. yeah. And, and Giselle says that w- the way that the witch speaks is very, like, sweet sounding, even though she's saying really awful things. Yeah, and she has a weird way of, like, she t- she'll get to a certain point and then, like, you know, come back. Like, this very manipulative way of, like, you know, say the worst thing to you, and you'd be like, oh, maybe I went too far there. It's, like, very, it's very, like, mean girls kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, yeah. I don't know. I've been, I've been playing uh, too much Danganronpa on the side, so I immediately think about Hiyoko from Danganronpa 2, who is, has a very sweet and cute voice, and it just says awful things constantly. And it's also insufferable. Yeah, it's a very similar vibe. I agree. Is that the dancer? Character? Yeah, if it was voice okay. acted, then I would want that to be her voice. I see. Okay, so let's see what happens. So, Giselle has become the maid. She's no longer alive. She is working in the mansion forever. And 
for a long ass time. She's not quite the maid yet. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't have her uniform yet. But so for a long ass time, they're just in the in the mansion between dimensions, and time is going at its normal pace. And so she, in order to wait for these reincarnations, has to wait, like wait, like physically, with time going at its normal pace. There's no accelerated time. And it's boring for I think six or uh, two hundred years. It's it's boring for five hundred years. Oh yeah. <laughs> But I think before before that, we get to see some stuff that happens right after she that happens. Like she goes exploring the house. Yeah. So, she, yeah, she explores the house. She finds the... So she goes to uh, Michelle's bedroom, the master bedroom. And she sees the torn up painting. And the painting distorts and smirks at her. And then she, like, kind of gets scared and drops it. And it's like, this is the witch. The witch must be doing this. And as she falls backwards, she knocks open a drawer, and there are a bunch of letters in the drawer. Um, and she's like, oh, I can read his handwriting. This will be nice. And she goes to read them, but they're, like, they're blacked out, like ink was poured over them. And she's like, oh, did the witch do this? Is this the witch? Or, but then she was like, well, maybe Michelle did it. Um, I could kind of buy him him uh, blacking out all the correspondences from his family, you know, like, because he was so worried about being found out. Um, and, uh, but so she's, like, some, so some scary things happen, and, uh, and then Giselle, uh, goes about, you know, goes about the house, and, and I think she starts crying, or she gets overwhelmed by what's, what, by what she has agreed to, and when she cries, the, the witch laughs and is like, this is what you chose. This is what it is. And, uh, she, so Giselle's like, okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta keep, keep going. I gotta pass the time. So she cleans the house a million times. She reads all the books in the library a million times. And it's still not even that much time has passed. And Morgana continues to speak to her in her mind. Um, but she only says harsh things to her. And she, the examples they give are sort of Morgana mocking her for her choice. Um, as the chapter goes on, it becomes more and more apparent that Morgana needs a guide. So the fact that Morgana is so awful and abusive, I think, takes on a different tone as well of like, you know, is this all that she's capable of feeling? Like, why why is she lashing out at like somebody who's helping her when she has nothing? And she even says, like, I have nothing against you. Like, I don't I don't want you, you know, I don't care. You know, she was like, I, and she even is like, I, I want you to succeed. Like, I hope it works out. But she just can't do anything but be horrible or say horrible things. Yeah. And I think it's really, so she's got the real carrot and the stick thing, but she also has this, this need to have this eternal companion that she can just abuse the f- complete shit out of. Like, just absolutely keep abusing. Like, just. just... Emotionally, yeah. And it's, oh, yeah. Uh, like, emotionally abusing her. It's, it's very odd. Like, it's, it's like, Morgana, what, what's your deal? Um, is this intentional? Like, there's a part of it that feels like it's not intentional. There's a part of it that feels like this is the only way Morgana knows how to communicate with other people. And that she has some amount of feeling of that she doesn't want to be alone. Um, 
but like this she only knows how to feel hatred and malice and 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 negative emotions maybe because she's not you know maybe because she's just a memory of a person and not a full person but yeah see if i think if giselle had met morgana first instead of michelle she would have been like snippy right back to morgana and they would have been the best friends Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's definitely a possibility so giselle at some point or at some point morgana's like look at your, look in a mirror and giselle looks at herself in the mirror and she's horrified by how she she feels like she doesn't look like herself anymore because all the color's gone from her face and she looks gaunt and scary and um Morgana's like, you know, you have to, all your negative energy is making you look like a corpse. Like, you have to, you know, you have to make sure that you don't deteriorate as you live all this, all this time, or he might not recognize you. Um, nothing really comes of that, I guess, other than just, this is the first sort of, this sort of sets off the whole Giselle copes with her situation by sort of closing herself off from from everything. She starts yeah. practicing smiling in front of the yeah. mirror because that's the only thing she's confident that... For like hundreds of years! I'm just being like, oh, time for smile practice. Let me, let me go to my mirror. <laughs> I mean, you gotta keep yourself occupied. <laughs> so it's just the daily workout. So then uh, the date comes up. Yeah, the date comes up and it like makes the like putting money in the machine sound and it goes to 1200 and she you know she's cleaning she practices smiling then time passes until 1300 she tries to like meditate the time passes until 1400 she says like she loses her she loses her cheer and her emotions she stops displaying you know displaying emotions and feeling them and she starts forgetting things too she doesn't really remember what what yeah. actually happened she just has this idea that she's waiting for she's she's lived so much longer as the maid than she had as Giselle as as Giselle she had only lived 21 years and so she starts to doubt uh, that it, any of that actually happened and if it did does it matter? when so much more of her existence has been as the maid. Yeah. And um, as as Giselle loses her ability to display emotions, she says that Morgana is a little bit nicer to her. Um, and she said, like, Morgana doesn't... It seems like, you know, as much as Morgana abuses her constantly... Morgana also doesn't want her to die, like, go. Like, Mor- Morgana doesn't want to lose her completely, like, right? Like, if she had completely lost her mind and become a completely empty shell and just sat there and never did, became essentially dead, I think Morgana would be sad. Because <laughs> 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 she at least wouldn't be able to, she wouldn't be able to use her anymore to, like, do her maid job. Yeah, she's bringing mm. her down to strip away all the stuff that's going to make her at all rebellious, but she can't bring her down too far or there's just nothing left. Yeah, so Morgana says, oh, well, you should make a, a maid's outfit for yourself. And so um, I guess the, that's when uh, Morgana gives her instructions on how to make the maid uniform, which is, uh, I guess, appropriate for the time that they're in. Um, but it, but also, but like way, way more modern compared to what Giselle was wearing when she was alive. And they make a point of if we run out of thread, we'll just use the curtains. Yeah, Morgana's yeah. like, isn't this fun? 
<laughs> Which is also weird because like there literally is nothing else to there's nothing else to do except read a hundred books, which he does like real fast. And then there's <laughs> the only thing left is like, well, we could take the curtains and like use the loom. That's what we got. Yeah, yeah. It seems and like that's after three hundred years. Yeah, like it took them three hundred years to do an activity. Like you know, there weren't any activities before then that they were that they were doing. Um, well, first I take the basketball and I see how many times I get bunts in an hour, and then I try to beat that number. times three centuries yeah so they kind of gloss over that to be honest too in a way maybe not gloss over is not the right word but like i feel like i feel like giselle should be a lot worse off than she is oh yeah i mean groundhog day at least you had to hit the entire town without committing suicide until like you know a few years in you know for her you'd be like why would you try to kill yourself all the time yeah, yeah, right. Like not the. To- yeah, it's so long. She doesn't even try to kill herself. She somebody else has to do it before she realizes that she can't die. Yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. I think she just has still have that image of Michelle in her mind, and she that's what keeps her going. That's yeah. quite yeah. quite a good image. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a fucking clear you know. ass image. That's blazed and goddamned. Nothing. There's no material that lasts 300 years untarnished. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, she has. She just has her memories of him, and that's it, right? And those and those memories get distilled into like some basic facts, and then that's it over hundreds of years. Well, Morgana is a timeless being, so Morgana just describes all of her favorite TV shows. <laughs> yeah, but Giselle has no context for it, so she's like talking about like Golden Girls. What is Bazinga? And, and just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what no that's morgana watches like fucked up shit morgana's like wow i really liked devil man cry baby let me tell you about my favorite scene Giselle. oh no no so she, she's like no they're all the chinese restaurant you see but then they, they said they had a reservation but there wasn't any reservation oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah morgana morgana does think that that yeah definitely the height of humor but yeah, but, but her idea of Michelle becomes more like a religious thing than an actual memory, I think. Yeah, I would say so. That it's, yeah. So, 1591, the first visitor. Mm. So, after almost 600 years, uh, Morgana says it's time for Giselle to get to work. And that is, so this, like, I, this is wild because I thought that there would be more things that happened between that moment and the 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 Rhodes uh family buying the mansion like i i had figured that there was other stuff that went on during that time but apparently not it was just nothing all the way until the first visitor so that's wild um, so a man pulls up in a carriage. So now the mansion isn't back in the world. So she, like she can open the door and there's outside there. Yep. And she can open the windows and there's light. And so she's like completely like dumbfounded by this. And um, it's like a miracle. And uh, a man pulls up in a carriage and it's clear from the way he speaks that they are in England now. And he introduces himself as Hayden Rhodes, uh, who's the grandpa from the story. So I was like, oh boy, this is the guy who they said died fucking. <laughs> yeah, I kept, you know, there was the entire time I was waiting. It was like, okay, is it going to be them? These two? Yeah, and it was it was just made up, which, yeah. all right. 
I'll give him that. I'll much take better, that, yeah, yeah. Much better than Giselle potentially suffering more sexual abuse, which should never <laughs> happen ever again. And uh, so he meets Giselle, and and he's like a sort of a curmudgeonly old man with a heart of gold, and he... Uh, teaches Giselle modern language and etiquette and how to be a proper maid and um, is sort of a parental figure to her almost. Like, he's really harsh, but he's doing all this because he wants her to be able to survive on her own after he's gone. Yeah. Hmm. Which is more relevant to her than he even realizes. Or does it? Because it seems like, well, it's, we're going to get to this, but it seems like later on he catches on that this is something she needed. Yeah. Um, but he's he is very, you know, he's a very good person. And, and you know, is uh, he, he redoes the manor and, and starts the rose garden that we, you know, learned about later. And re- remodels the place and also seals off parts of the mansion that aren't in use, like the chapel and the tower. And Giselle says, you know, she started to regain some of her humanity from finally interacting with other people. And there's one line that Hayden has, which is he's telling her about, you know, he's telling her about his family and his son and his grandchildren, um, who we'll meet yeah. later. And he says, when my, th- when my second grandchild was born, damn, he knew. Yeah. He did know. He did know. Yeah. He did know. I want to go back for a second, though, in that he sealed up other parts of the house. Like, I I can't imagine any homeowner, no matter how big the house would be, just like, you know what, we got too many rooms. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do with this spare bedroom, so I'm just going to wall it up. Well, he was like, you know, the central air is cool and stuff we don't even use, so let's seal those off. <laughs> Unless he's got a nice amontillado in there. <laughs> There was this 19th century house, my wife and I looked at kind of at a goof when we were house hunting, you know, and it had like a hundred rooms in it and they were all tiny and it had like little secret passages and stuff like that. Like, they do kind of exist and I think I would probably want to have destroyed a couple, not that we would ever have bought that haunted ass house, which it absolutely (laughs) was, but you know. Oh yeah, that's that's super haunted. That might be this mansion from this game. Oh my god, you almost bought it. I know. Wow. And then just one day you just would have had a maid, and you'd be like, "What the? What? I don't know. Yet. Did you hire the maid? Did I hire the maid? I forget which one of us hired the maid." But you'd be like weirdly cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, guess we have a maid now. <laughs> we don't pay. Whatever. <laughs> you call this master? You always have to be like, "Hey, don't do that in front of guests, okay?" <laughs> Just, all right, just don't don't take in the white haired girl and we're fine. Hmm. Or actually, and I get well, no, 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 no we're fine. <laughs> but you just you just keep waiting, keep cleaning while you wait. Also, anyway, <laughs> they they also keep bringing up that he had sort of a falling out with his family, and they never tell us yeah. exactly why. But it makes me think that maybe that thing with um, the white haired girl being born is why. Maybe he yeah. wanted to keep to keep her and yeah. his son. Yeah, I bet yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, and he also sounds like the kind of guy who wouldn't like hold his tongue about stuff like that. <laughs> so the rest of the family have been like, Shh, "You need to go away." Yeah, he wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing he said was, "These things happen," and that was the the only clue we get. Yeah. <sighs> Man, family drama. Am I right? Mm. You are right. 
So then some so then some wild shit happens. So one day, Hayden's son, who never interacts with him in any way, who is Mel's dad, his son sends him a gift, which and it's unusual, and he sends him tea and sugar. And Giselle's like, oh, let me brew some for you. And he's like, great. And he's like, weirdly, like, he's excited about it. Like, he doesn't want to show it, but he seems, like, happy that his son is, like, finally coming around. And she serves him the tea, and he's like, oh, this is bitter. Add some sugar. And she adds the sugar, and he has a heart attack. And he has a heart attack because the sugar was poisoned. Yeah. Hey, quick question, Mel's dad. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's out here doing bad things. Mel's dad tried to kill Mel's grandpa with poisoned sugar. Which is like, it's devious as fuck. And even the grandpa, the grandpa's even like, you know, I'm not even certain why he tried to do this. Probably for inheritance. Yeah. And and I would have given it to him anyway. Yeah. What a a rascal. So, so I take back everything nice I said about Mel's parents in the first chapter. Mel's dad is a fucker and should go straight to hell. They should have killed him so that Mel's mom could be with her true love. No wonder she cheated on him. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> Just wait, we're going to find this out about Jagafo. <laughs> um, but Mel's dad wasn't the one being punished in this. It was Mel for some reason. So we haven't found out what he did. And Nellie. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so Hayden is, so he's dying. He didn't die immediately from the poison, but this is the end for him. And as he's, uh, holed up in bed, dying, Giselle is taking care of him, and he says, tell everyone that he died with a beautiful woman attending to him instead of poisoned. He doesn't say fucking, but I can see how that could be reinterpreted into. Yeah. I think I think it's more explicit in Japanese, actually. I don't know what translation <laughs> did in town. <laughs> oh, was he saying know. attending while he was winking? Yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly. I should go look it up again, but I think that I remember it being more explicit. I because I, I after that I went and looked at the English and. That's also a creepy thing to ask your maid to do. Hey, tell everybody we were fucking. You know, just just to restore my honor. You know, just just to be sure. Well, he doesn't say we, right? Like. Yeah, no, he doesn't say we. He, he says say. like I pretend that I was with a beautiful woman. He doesn't yeah. say specifically her. Maybe three or four. Am I right? Hey, yeah, get was... out of here! I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> So before he dies, Giselle asks Hayden for advice on how to live, and he, yeah, he does kind of have an idea that something bad is happening to her, and he says, you have to build a cocoon around yourself to protect your your true heart. And he's like, but if you spend too much time inside that cocoon, then your real self will disappear. Um... This is this is heavy. And implied in that is like he's been do this is what he's been doing for her. He's helping her to build the cocoon. The maid is the cocoon. Yeah. Oh man. So this guy, this is a lot. I wonder I wonder how much like this particular moment. Obviously this influenced her whole descent into being the maid. Um but of course it got he did warn her to not let it get out of control and it did get out of control because I'm sure he wasn't thinking on the time scale that she actually had to live. (laughs) Then motherfucker died from strangling himself? Oh yeah, because we didn't mention before, only his left arm wasn't paralyzed, so he strangled himself with the good hand. Can you do that? No, you cannot. 
You 100% cannot. I feel like, I feel like, I, I feel like the, maybe what was meant was that he used, he like hung himself kind of, because you could, I could see you jury rigging some kind of pulley around your bedpost and using like your dead weight to do that. Not that I overthought this engineering, but challenge that's morbid as fuck, but like, I, this is the only way I could think is that he couldn't obviously literally have strangled himself. That makes yeah. no sense. Yeah, what if he's got like one of those four poster beds with like the dangly things and he can like hook, yeah. it, hook it through something and then just uh, wrap it around his neck and then just kind of, yeah, slump himself off the side. Yeah, like somehow, like hook it under his, well, I guess his, I don't know. His, I was going to say his dead leg, but like reaching down there, if he's like strolled out. No, okay, here's what you do. You take your you take your belt your your robe belt. I'm not really going to go through this, but you could no. lift your leg up with your uh-huh. your free hand. It doesn't matter where he lifts it. It's a question of weight ratios. <laughs> you just got to keep yeah. But I'm just saying you get that under your leg, right? And then you slump that that dead Look. poison leg down. Look, everyone, sun, and where were we? Yeah. We can we can discuss this in the class trial, but for now. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll have a separate episode, which is like like MythBusters, but with how would you kill yourself with what good arm? <laughs> so, um, so Giselle, you know, just she finds it. So the people in the mansion kind of like think that she might have killed him, but they don't really care because they're like fired now because he's dead. So they just leave. So it's just like awkward for everyone involved. How does that work? And they resent her, because they're all like, oh, you killed our moneymaker. Man, that's rough. Those are rough times. <laughs> you killed our moneymaker, but you're creepy as fuck, and I don't want to mess with you. You killed our moneymaker and came out here talking about how he died having sex. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, guess who just got laid? Also, I have bad news. It's <laughs> <laughs> wild. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have done that when he only had a functioning arm and, well, I guess a functioning dick, too, but that, that's pretty much all he had going. <laughs> uh, so, but, but no, like, nobody does anything about it. They're just like, oh, I'll run. they're just like s- sad and leave the mansion. They're like, oh, well, and they leave. Although, to be honest, I guess your servants back in, you know, the 16th century or 15th century wouldn't have been like, you know, like, oh, I can report this to the cops. Who's going to yeah. believe? Who cares? Also, yeah. even if I do, who cares? Yeah. Cops are just going to be like, nice. Yeah. The- <laughs> who would you? I don't know. The Lord. I guess he was the Lord. I don't I don't know. Anyway, we'll talk about it in the class trial. Um, so, <laughs> so then uh, the house is back to not having a master. Um, obviously, surely that will be remedied. Yeah. Giselle is very traumatized because she was just beginning to feel happy again and it's taken away from her again. Yeah, and um, Giselle, so she has a conversation with Morgana and Morgana talks about um, she's like, like, rest assured, like, the pain of death lasts only an instant. And she also says, like, that's why she wants to like torture people to while they're alive the people her targets like that's why she wants them to go through so, such misery because you know just killing them is like not not enough and uh, morgana says that giselle literally killed hayden even though that wasn't her intention she served him the tea and um that is sort of what she means by giselle carrying out her wishes so, like, this is Giselle's role. Like, she's going to be involved in these people dying and suffering 
regardless of her intentions, like she's you know she's there to to be involved in it. Uh, once again, it's Monokuma rules for murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. And the fact that like like the the breakdown here is so severe because it's like number one. Like it, 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 like oh, death is so easy. You probably should have done that before, but yeah, death is so easy for someone to escape. Number two, that like oh no, you did kill this guy just because you did it, you know, and nothing else matters. And number three, which is like you know, oh yeah, you know, he wasn't even my ultimate like target. He was just a, a cog in the wheel. So his death means absolutely nothing except for the fact that I'm gonna eventually torture this other person. So Giselle gets upset and threatens to kill herself. And Morgana starts to be like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, let's not get hasty here. (laughs) Um, But Giselle, but it sounds like maybe like, again, like that Morgana's like actually kind of worried about losing Giselle. But um, when Giselle does, she stabs herself in the chest and nothing happens. So no blood comes out, nothing. And uh, Giselle is starts to lose her her grip again because she realized she had always thought she had an out of being able to kill herself but now she realizes that she can't she's stuck and she says in that moment the maid was born and uh she started her her sort of very calm and and uh pleasant maid persona and we see this because she's speaking to Baby Mel and Nellie when they move into the house. And Nellie asks Giselle what her favorite color of rose is. And she would have said red. I think she said red before to Hayden. And she says, oh, I like all the colors. Um, Getting that cocoon up. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, the children, Mel and Nellie, run into the house. And um, Giselle can see... Morgana's, like, swirling black and red hatred, like, all around the house is this, like, fog. So she knows that those are the true targets. And, um, Morgana, she, um, is like, oh, I'll explain to you what they did so that you think that that this child, Mel, has to have such a bad thing happen to him. But we don't get to hear it yet, whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. the witch's story is still unknown to us. But we do get Giselle's reaction, which is that she is overwhelmed by Morgana's hatred and how, you know, and, and she's like, you know, no matter whatever they did, like everything about it is just like, so like she, it's how Morgana talks about it is more overwhelming than whatever the contents of the story was. Yeah. And I think she feels she struggles with feeling like she should hate these people too for what they did to Morgana, and but she says that she holds on to her heart with her memories of Michelle. So then, we go back to chapter one, and uh, the white-haired girl arrives at Rose Manor, and Giselle, all she can remember about Michelle is, you know, white hair red eyes, named Michelle, um, pale skin. So when she sees the white-haired girl, she's like, that must be you! That must be you, Michelle! You must be here. You must finally be here. And then she talks to the white-haired girl, and the white-haired girl introduces herself as Michelle. 
And so Giselle's like, it's you. Like, do you know who I am? Like, The female um, spelled Michelle, obviously. But Yeah. yeah. And, um, and Michelle doesn't know who Giselle is and is, like, c- confused and afraid at how Giselle, you know, acts like they should know each other. And Giselle's very upset by this. And she, when she asks Morgana about it, Morgana says, maybe she'll remember you next time. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to say. Mm-hmm. What a jerk. I want to say, um, so I'm, I'm watching this Let's Play in English. Uh, mm-hmm. And the guy's reading out aloud. And he kept reading the name as Michael. Uh, and I was sure that when we got to that this point, he would actually figure it out that it's, it's actually Michelle. But he never does. <laughs> he, says, wow. he says something like, this probably works in Japanese, but not in English. And he keeps, ki- <laughs> and, 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 and he keeps oh, killing the guy, Michael, and, and alternating between Michael and Michelle whenever he's referring to it. And it's really annoying. <laughs> oh, God. You got to bring back an old school retro pray for that one. <laughs> No. <laughs> I think we just did. No, but um, <laughs> they do refer to uh, like she's like, oh, it's Michelle. Just like you have the same name, like the Archangel. Yeah, yeah. I feel like even if I had been doing that and then missed the whole like how you supposed to say Michelle in French without the or whatever, that like you'd make the connection at least like Michael and Michelle are like the same kind of name. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what the word for that is. Where you have, you know, I don't know. It's like it's like this guy is not a word that there is a name in the world, Michelle, that's used for men. Hmm. And are, are Americans really that ignorant? Oh, I see. What you mean. <laughs> oh. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> yes. possible yes, to be an American English speaker and not have met anyone with that name. Um, or, like, heard it said out loud. Although, I don't, I don't know. I mean, because, I don't know. I'm sure it depends on, on where you're from and whether your school offers French as a language. Can I field the question, are Americans really that ignorant? Yes. Because the the page there's a patriotic side of me that's like no, and then I kind and then I'm As like the American horror story expert, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm like no, and then I remember Twitter, and I'm like yes. When it, when it comes to languages, 100 percent, like this is not emphasizing this country at all. Like there's other things where people would be a lot smarter than you would think they would be, but in language, new. It's not even spelled the same name, the same way. Well, as Metal Gear Solid Five taught me, language is really the root of all of our identity. <laughs> But also, Michelle uh, is clearly supposed to be tied to, and a reference to, the Archangel Michael, who is in the stained glass window. Yeah, well, so. you know, it's not Michael in the original Hebrew, so... Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. Um, oh, wait, whoa, wait, hold on, what? Well, it is Michael, but it's not, it's not pronounced that way. Oh, how is it pronounced? Michael? Michael. I think. Michael. 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 Yeah, all of these are variations of the same of the same thing, exactly. Don't yeah. mess with my white Jesus, goddammit. Oh my god. <laughs> Demonetize. <laughs> so Kitty on YouTube. Get promoted. Oh yeah. We, oh we're gonna go big on Twitter now. Hold on. Oh, you're right. Sorry. We'll we just we'll just add it we'll just sprinkle in some white supremacist talking points to get higher on the algorithm. <laughs> so, uh let's see. Uh so uh, so Giselle's upset that that Michelle doesn't remember her, and she's like, you know, isn't this isn't this the person I'm waiting for? Like, what's going on? And uh, Morgana's like, maybe she'll remember you next time, which seems like a red flag there. Um, but in the meantime, 
you can seek out a new master if you want. So that was, I guess, the idea that led into the Bestia chapter where, you know, she was, where Giselle was sort of actively trying to recruit Yukimasa as the master of the house. <laughs> and Morgana's like, you could fucking pick him, jeez. I really don't get why uh, Giselle's reaction here, because she, she waits this time and Morgana's just like, well, I guess we'll try again in another 500 years. And just, I guess, you know, she's playing her part in Cocoon and all that, but still, just, like, the the fire within you would burn through of just, like, no, you told me <laughs> if I waited long enough. Yeah, maybe she, yeah. Maybe she even kind of doubts. Don't give me that. this uh, second chance bullshit. Yeah, but, but Morgana, Morgana also keeps telling her that, me, that Michelle might not recognize her because she looks so different and mocking her about that's, that. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So it replays scenes from chapter one, but with no dialogue, and we see some bits again of the characters talking to each other and everything, and finally gets to the end in the rain, and Giselle wonders what happened to the white-haired girl after she fled the mansion, and, like, wonder what happened after that. I don't know. They were were gone. I feel like saying they. They were gone. (laughs) And, um... Mel became a priest, and Nellie died. That's what happened to them. Yeah, Nellie yeah. died a couple of years after death from illness, and and Mel never came back to even see her sister die. No. I mean, why yeah. would you? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, right? Like, that would have been, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's that puts this little end cap on chapter one. Then we go to 1707, the second visitor... So, this part fills in what happened after Yukimasa killed the merchant at the beginning of chapter 2. Um, so, then it sort of ties in Morgana, you know, giving uh, Giselle the idea to, like, ask Yukimasa about becoming the master of the house and if he would want to do that. Um, after he kills the merchant, he instructs Giselle to make a stew out of the merchant, I guess, to, like, She's even, like, he's trying to, like, assert his power over her. And she's, like, she just is, like, I'm in my cocoon. I'm gonna do it, whatever. You know, it doesn't even, like, register with her. But um, she hesitates for a moment when he's giving her an instruction. And so he stabs her. And uh, when he stabs, of course, nothing happens. And she just kind of, like, looks at it. And then she starts laughing. And... Uh, Yukimasa is terrified. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. I love that. I love that he was afraid of Giselle that whole time. That's great. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you must be, th- you must be the witch. Yeah, because for him, like, the only thing he knows is that he can survive because he kills better than anyone else. And when it's a person he can't kill, he's just like, oh, you you must be like this all-powerful supernatural being. That's your excuse. This couldn't just be someone who I can't control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she also says that he looks at her in contempt, uh, even though he's so much worse than, than she is. He made her chop up somebody yeah. to eat them. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, then in this chapter, so then in chapter two, the white-haired girl appeared, and she's like, this time too, uh, she didn't remember, and, um, 
she, like, but she kind of does, right? So she's like, oh, I feel like we've met before. Like, I feel, like, weirdly familiar. And she's like, yeah, yeah, but it never goes anywhere. And, um, Giselle, like, tucks her into bed one night and thinks about killing her. And, uh, but she can't. She can't do it. I I gotta say, I like the 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 writing in this a lot more now. Of, like, because we, we saw the, um, like, white-haired girl saying that I think I remember you before when we first did that second chapter. And we thought it was just, uh... You know them in reference to the first, first chapter, and yeah. just uh, the maid's eagerness to sort of let on. Well, as as eager as the maid can be, I guess, to understand what's going on here. I like that sort of second take on this dialogue. Yeah, this is definitely my favorite part of the 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 whole narrative. Is it the fact that they keep intelligently connecting these these ideas and i think it, it really resonates where like it, you do have an emotional reaction when you're like oh that 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 takes that makes me rethink what i've seen before and it doesn't have to be like amazing plot twists but it just makes you mm-hmm. rethink characters and it that adds a level of depth that you wouldn't normally like connect to like oh, this is just kind of a trope but you're like no nah, there's there's levels to this and uh, when Yukimasa's ending happens, and everybody's—you know—he kills everybody in the in the basement. Um, Giselle's like, "Oh well, you know, the white-haired girl. She's she's dead. Like she—he killed her too. They killed her too." And Morgana's like, "Oh, it's fine. She'll come back. She'll come back." And she's like, "Why don't you laugh a little bit with me about this state of affair?" And and Giselle like does kind of laugh a little bit with with Morgana. It's very Doctor Evil. Yeah. We're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so then, finally, she thinks the next time it's gonna be, it's finally she might finally recognize me, and uh, but of course we know the next chapter, chapter three, is Jacobo's chapter, and uh, she f- says Giselle says she finally gives up when she meets the white-haired girl, and the white-haired girl is Jacobo's wife. And it's the worst fate of all. Like she doesn't remember me, and she's married to a douchebag. Yeah, and she doesn't remember. She doesn't remember anything about Giselle. Like they don't remember each other. She doesn't remember her at all. Yeah, it's it's a great thing. Which again, I hate to do it all the time, but this works a little better in Japanese. Just just a little, because the word for that in Japanese is um, she, she basically meets her for the first time and says, "Pleasure to meet you." And the word for that mm-hmm. in Japanese is Jimimashite, which also has the nuance that this is the first time we're meeting. Like a specific nuance for that. Um, it sounds like you have some harsh high school reunions in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, 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 you will not use this word if, if you've met this, the, this person before. Uh, yeah. Never. So, so it just gives it a little bit more like extra meaning. Is it? I hate to digress. Is it really? I don't know. Is it really rude if you use it on someone you've met but you forgot you met them? Because that sounds like I'd be fucked. I guess. I mean, it, 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 okay. it literally means this is the first time we're meeting. That's the literal meaning of the of the word. I'm saying that could be that could be an awesome diss, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just have that I'd one like, chambered. Hajime Mashita. It's like, no, we met. Like, oh, yeah, right. I'm sorry. I must have forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but this is what breaks her. Oh, man. Yeah. 
So then, so then Giselle asks Morgana to kill her, um, and she's like, "I don't want to do this anymore. Kill me!" But Morgana won't kill her because then she would be all alone. It's almost sweet. So finally, Morgana says, "Look, that Michelle is not the one that you're waiting for," and, and uh, you're not even Morgana- Giselle. Yeah, you're not even Giselle. You just saw the story of Giselle and Michelle, and you were like. That's me, but you're not. You're not. You're actually Morgana, and um, I'm also Morgana. But we're both Morgana. But you, but we split ourselves in two when we saw the sad story of Giselle, Giselle and Michelle. And that's, I guess, when she starts to. She's like, "Oh, that makes sense. That's who I am." I play JRPGs. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, the more obvious. Of these two options is my this unbreakable style split personality disorder in supernatural way. Yeah. Although at the, though, she did time this well. Like if you're gonna use that kind of bullshit argument, you might as well use it right now when she just snapped. Like she's going through an episode. Yeah. Like it just happened. Like oh yeah, to Morgana's credit, like this is the this is the ballsy play that you got to take. You know what? It also makes me wonder if. Morgana had, had like, completely convinced Giselle that she was Morgana. Would Morgana then possess Giselle's body? Like, is that her goal? Because she, she doesn't have a body. That's what I'm thinking. Is just to sort of completely break her mentally and sort of have a puppet body. Yeah. Although she didn't do it earlier when she kind of could, right? When When she was, like completely breaking down because it had been so like almost like 500 years alone yeah i got morgana's freaking patient i didn't give it up on year 100 and been like i'm fine with somebody else this is yeah 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 go get someone else that's that's more willing to become my puppet yeah like there's definitely some dumber guy in the village who just couldn't the psyche is way easier to break yeah right like i'm not waiting like half a millennium just for like this for this, for this maid lady's body, I'm sorry, you know. What's that kid's name, Javi? Yeah, he'll do. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> she was waiting for the first person whose boobs went above and below the arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's really the thing. She was like, look, I'm not getting a mortal body unless I got big honking bazongas, let me tell you. Right. <laughs> Here's our episode title. <laughs> Big honking bazonga. No, no, I'm not. I'm immortal body. You the whole sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier in the Discord for for everyone else, um, I posted that fucking meme about like big anime titties, where it's like, here's my idea for an anime. There's this character who's got real big titties, but then another character shows up who's got even bigger titties. <laughs> fucking um, real big badonka hunkies. <laughs> just gets worse, yeah. That's this game. Oh, oh, don't steal it either. We trademarked it. That's Visual Novel Book Club. That is trademarked. Don't take that. <laughs> that should be our new logo. Yeah, anyway, just, just a, <laughs> a trademark. Um, so, <laughs> where are we? Oh, so then we get to find out what happened to Jackpo. Um, so our old buddy Jack Offo, um, he ends, his life is over 40 years later, and he's been waiting the whole time for Michelle to return. And there's sort of a parallel between Giselle and Jacopo in this moment, um, where he's like, you know, was she even real? Like, what, why, you know, and, and, um, and she's, and Giselle's like, your wife? Yeah, she was real. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Look, I'm losing touch with reality, but I I know. <laughs> he dies, and, and in his will, he says that he didn't he doesn't want a funeral, so he dies alone and ensures that no one mourns him. So he was a bad person. The end. So what happened to? Oh wait, no. She. I was about to ask what happened to Maria, but she got fucking she got shot. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you shot. It also makes me wish that this game had voice acting because then they could have had somebody doing like a a bad Brando, like "What happened to my wife?" Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's him though. Wow. Um, so the the final bit is the final visitor. That's us, Michelle. Uh, boy, Michelle, and uh, Giselle then asks Michelle, "Why didn't you come for me?" Um, you know, she, like, starts to kind of get, like, worked up, like, why all this time? Like, why did it take so long? Why did I have to endure this? Um, you know, I could, I could hate you for this. Like, what if I just hate you now, and I don't love you anymore? And she puts her hands around Michelle's neck. Our neck, the player. <laughs> she reaches through the, the monitor. Yeah, it's the only have three seconds or else you die for real. The worst creepy pasta. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I really like about this game is how many thematic elements are repeated. It's very like it's very like high school English class, but like in a good way of like how the, like someone cho- like wanting to strangle someone. That is a theme that is repeated. Like someone being like I'm a monster, but I'm not human. That's like this theme is repeated. Like these like I don't know, just like little details are repeated in a way that is cool. It's like poetry. It's like, uh, no, I'm kidding. But, um, that's that George Lucas quote. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I know what you mean, though. It's got, like, a rec- not recurrent theme. Almost, maybe it is recurrent theme, but it's almost like a motif it follows. Or Pull, pull out one of your weird ludonarrative words. <laughs> pull out something There's... made up, that like, last time. <laughs> There's recurring <laughs> elements in the story that uh, different characters do at different times. I mean, like, Romeo and Juliet is referenced, and then how Michelle dies in the uh, in the fantasy is all re- is similar to Romeo and Juliet. Like, just a lot of those things are... There are a lot of callbacks and a lot of thematic elements that take place between different characters in different chapters um, that all play into specifically Michelle and Giselle's story in the end. It's really nice because it makes it feel like this was, like, a very tightly woven fabric, you know, so to speak, or, or narrative, I guess. I don't know why I'm being metaphorical there, you know. And it gives uh, it gives meaning to, because I think at this point you could you could still kind of wonder if the three chap- the first three chapters were pointless. Um, you know, they were just, like, they were just passing the time or they were kind of... But I, this, I, that those elements being repeated... I think gives them weight and like is sort of reassuring that like no these things happened for a reason there and like these are relevant to the story they weren't just like fun little horror stories yeah I I think at the very least I'm I was and that's like cherry on the cake I was very cherry on the cake whatever I'm at least happy that they were real too because I was getting kind of worried that this would have been like nah that didn't really happen kind of thing you know so I'm glad they they validated it they confirmed it and they like validated it more or less, you know. Yeah, I, I was actually a bit concerned about that too. Yeah. So we get a prompt to deny it, as um, as Giselle has her hand around our neck, um, and we, you know, three seconds is a long time. 
Like that was I was like there was a comfortable amount of time to click to click a button or not click it. When there's only one option too. It's a yeah. pretty long three seconds. Yeah, it wasn't like it was like, well, do I wanna deny it? What are the options? You know. <laughs> yeah, you definitely wanted to. So if you don't, it's not much of an ending. Nope. Well it's what's an ending. It's a pretty final ending though. Yeah. For sure. Well, we don't actually know what happens. She just pushes him back. Or Michelle, whatever form Michelle is in at this point, because we don't know. She just takes Michelle and pushes them back, and then they just go somewhere dark? I think it gets lost to time. I guess, but like, there's no resolution for that. And then she sits next to the witch by the fire. And then she's like, oh, well, I guess we're doing this forever. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and the maid is like is still there, and, and we get to see things from her perspective. And Morgana's like, "Man, is that really what you wanted after all that?" And uh, and she's like, "And Morgana says, if you hate someone, then you should chain them down and torture them for all eternity, not not push them into darkness. That's that's ridiculous." And and the maid's like, oh, "I can't, I can't truly hate him." Um, and Morgana's like, "Okay, well, I'm happy because you're staying with me." So it's a love story after all. The yeah. end. So that's that ending. Um, if you then, so that's so now we're back. So there's the Yuri ending we all wanted. Sorry. Go no, ahead. I think. <laughs> look, I think things have are gonna get more gay before they get less gay. Let's yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the prompts, obviously we want to deny it, and Michelle's like, when I was floating in the darkness, I heard. I heard your voice, Giselle, calling for help, and and he's like, "I want to save you." He's like, "You can hate me, and be, you know, I, you know, that's fine. I deserve it, but I still am gonna save you, no matter what." And uh, Giselle has a breakdown then, and um, I feel like the the irony is particularly strong here. And she's like, "But you don't like I'm I'm a terrible person. I've done these terrible things. You deserve someone better, someone pure, like the white haired girl." And Michelle, he can't, he still can't say it. He still can't nope. quite admit it. And he's but he's just like, "No, that's not. Look, that's super not." then I know that's super not true for reasons I'm not going to explain even though right now would be the perfect time to explain it and then Mm -hmm. this is gonna go on for a while (laughs) and uh and so they finally they finally embrace I I sort of want Michelle at this point she's just like you don't understand who the white haired girl even is yeah that was the perfect moment for Michelle to be like, that was me! But <laughs> he still can't do it, I, I think. is He doesn't want to say it. Because the witch taunts him in a minute. And it really drags. It drags on so long. I, I am still not 100% sure of that, though. Because there was this ending in Paris with the white-haired girl and Michelle. And what was that all about? If they are hmm. the same person. Well, we talked about that last time, that it could have just been... That, yeah. Oh no, because it was from the white-haired girl's perspective. We think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Plot hole. That's the answer. They fucked up. Yeah, it, it definitely seemed like they're going to showing us that they're the same person, but well, because we were Michelle, and then we we are Michelle, and so then in that in that ending, Giselle said, "No, oh, you're the white-haired girl waiting for Michelle," and then we were reincarnated, and we saw. 
Michelle, presumably that we were the white-haired girl because we weren't Giselle because Giselle's not getting reincarnated. So that's, yeah, that was a weird thing that that happened in that ending, but... But they continuously push us back towards the fact that what we assume Michelle's gender is not what it is in the stories where they are assumed to be male. Yeah, but I I still suspect there's a little more to the whiter girl's story than... Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, there could be a whole backstory to this, but yeah, but they're definitely, you know, pushing both sides of that envelope. They don't want to, like, you know... So... So they, so they sort of, they come out of the blackness together by embracing each other, and they're suddenly back in the mansion in the observation tower. And now that they remember each other, Michelle's like, let's leave. Let's, let's get out of here. Um, and Giselle's like, oh, are, are you sure you want to leave? Like, what, you know, when we leave, what's going to happen to us? And, and Michelle, uh, believes that leaving the mansion will sort of will release both of their souls finally and they'll be able to you know maybe be reincarnated again or just at least be out of this and be able to be together in some capacity in death and um Giselle asks if they can kiss now because they remembered who they are and she's like you're kind of like building up to this whole like moment where we're you know we're gonna kiss are we gonna kiss and he's like, I'm too stressed out right now to kiss you. I'll kiss you later, I promise. <laughs> and Which is the normal thing you do, you know? I mean, as one does. Sometimes you're just too stressed out to express any sort of physical affection. Like, it's just what, what that happens all the time. Come on. What, no, no, one, no one gets this? Come on. Yeah, it was so funny. Why is she asking that? It's just so funny. Like, everything about it is funny. Well, and her reasoning is just like, well, this is sort of a climactic moment in, you know, when stories, this is when you would kiss. Yeah, that's true. I've seen quite a few movies. I'm pretty sure this is the kissing moment, right? Come on, let's go. Morgana's <laughs> described a lot of romantic comedies. Look, over the hundreds of books I've had to read over 5,000 years... <laughs> I gotta show you this cool ventotoscope thing. It's like amazing. Oh, wait, no, that's different. So, Morgana described a whole bunch of plots to romantic yeah. comedies, and this is always the moment where the people kiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh I've God. written my own book. It's called Book Troops. <laughs> <laughs> but I have oh references in it, in little, little tiny things that link back to all the books. It's actually chain links. I actually linked all the books. <laughs> <laughs> You can't see me, but I've put my head in my hands for that. No, I somehow can, actually. <laughs> okay, I was, why I wasn't speaking. Like, somehow I was just like, I bet, I bet somebody's got their head in their hands. Hey, if you have a lot of time, sometimes you're going to get into stupid pun. You got, you got 491 yeah. years to kill. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot of, like, new books in there. I really, like, that's what Giselle was really missing, like, what fandom. I mean, she could have wasted away a lot of time if she just, like, wrote fan fiction for some of those books and stuff. Oh, God, she could have invented fanfic and meta-commentary and everything. Just Yeah. We don't know that she didn't. I mean, it's, you know, it's a long, long time. Morgana would have been her only audience, though. Well, I guess other than herself. Write for yourself, yeah. Giselle. So it would have been just like Tumblr, because she would, here she is, <laughs> uh, uh, writing writing her own story, and then Morgana's there to be like, that's problematic. <laughs> but let's be honest. No one's going to write their own game where they claim to have invented, you know, something like, you know, like, oh, look at all this fan fiction and meta commentary and whatnot. That's just me, uh, unless you're David Cage. 
Giselle just going, I've invented my own social media, and I just throw all these letters up the chimney. (laughs) (laughs) Giselle contains multitudes. Yes. And so, uh, so yeah, so, so they're trying to leave the mansion, and, um, and they're holding on to each other's hands still. They're not letting go. When suddenly they are engulfed in darkness, of course. Like, of course Morgana's not going to let them leave, if that's their intention. And uh, she separates them and kind of, like, holds them in place in the air with her powers. And uh, Morgana actually appears in, in, the, in the CG as this sort of, like, faceless entity with long, sort of, pink hair. That's a big hands. Yeah. yeah. Hair she's everywhere. Creepy. I think when she gets a full form, she's gonna look a lot like the white-haired girl. Mmm, perhaps. Uh, or she could assume a form that looks like the white-haired girl, and we have another white-haired girl. So Morgana says that she won't give up Giselle, even for Michelle, um, the person who resurrected her, uh, because he threw her away again and again. Which is one sort of reference to Michelle being the white-haired girl. And, but, uh, Morgana says to Michelle that he was supposed to be her guide, like the maid, because he resurrected her. Um, but Giselle, you know, she did, she did his job instead. And Michelle's like, like, no, like, you have to give her back. Um, I'll do anything you want. Just give her back. This isn't fair that she has to do this. And Morgana says to get Giselle back, Michelle has to endure agony, and he's yep. like, fine, I will. Title card. L- the latest title card drop in the whole game history of F Forever. The House of Fata Morgana. The story behind the story. Ooh. Which is like, it It sounds like, you know, this like director's commentary of the game is going to start. Yeah, now. it does. What if it is? What if it is with with Morgana's like director's commentary in red over everything? I I was so annoyed with that. By the way, like the story, but it sounds so bad. It really sounds like the documentary you get at the end of the DVD. Like it just doesn't sound like a real thing. <laughs> it's a VH1 special. I almost read it as like one of those cheap and tawdry, like the story of Fata Morgana that you never knew. Oh, you yeah. know that kind of you know. See Giacomo's hot mistresses or some shit, you know? I mean, I wonder what it's going to be, because I think it's going to be Michelle's story. Yeah, that's a, my guess, too. Yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. he's being punished for not telling her his his story before trying to get back together. I think it's going to be the story of Michelle uh, and the whole gender stuff that we've been yeah. guessing about, and then also summoning Morgana? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And then that will lead into the story behind the story behind the story of what the fuck is Morgana. <laughs> this is getting real Anne Rice, by the way. Flashback within a flashback within a flashback. Like, we're still here. We're still here. <laughs> we're still here in gothic romance with three levels of flashback. Yeah. But no, I was thinking the exact same thing Turbo is, which is just like, yeah, this this has to be that... it wasn't. You just weren't hanging out in the ether the entire time. Clearly... You were someone. You were someone that you didn't want to acknowledge being. Mm-hmm. Although I do like the theory that Morgana could be the white-haired girl. That's cool. That's interesting. I. I. So I don't. I think that like 
I think in the climax of the story, she's going to take, like, a human physical form, and I think it's going to be looking like the white-haired girl, and I think part of that is going to be um, based off of the fact of however Michelle summoned, brought, resurrected her or whatever, and so they have to look similar or something like that. Yeah. Because of some plot bullshit, but... At one point when... Uh, so, before the choice, Giselle is kind of telling... Um, Michelle, just be with her. Like she's more fitting for you. And it's almost like there's, there's like a, there's like three people here, and like one of them looks like the the other. She doesn't have a form yet, but I think there's almost like this this setting up of this idea of like, like Morgana is just gonna be like, look, I'm just like you. I'm I'm almost your perfect match. And and that could be like some kind of that could play some kind of role in her being like you know what we should be together for eternity because fuck it everybody else is a bad choice and I think that also would lead into the um the game sort of theme of like you could have a sort of beautiful lie or the hurt a hurtful truth yeah hmm or what if Morgana is trying to get the most like awesome threesome going. <laughs> but it's just gonna it's just she's really going like the 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 very odd route to it anyway i'm sorry what were we talking about don't call your fix slow burn unless it takes 500 years <laughs> oh my god speaking of fan fiction right anyway so um <laughs> we'll find out next chapter something we'll find out something that choice is next time so oh um, we gonna end on the three-way comment? Is what we're doing? Wait, wait, wait. Yep. No, hold on. There's choices. There's choices. There's choices coming up, so I better explain them. Okay. Yeah, I'm waiting a walk through again. Uh, so before we actually get... There is a seventh door, but before we actually get to that, there's like a little um, in-between thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like the first choice you get is uh, that kind of like you have to choose everything. Uh, you get to choose it one by one. Uh, but then there are two more uh, choices that you have to make. And to get uh, on with the game, you have to choose first, go outside to the Rose Garden, and then go to the Den. And if you choose anything else other than that, you will get, we will get the same ending. Uh, so just choose, uh, choose, choose something else once, and then you can go on with okay. the good choices. So save before, choose something else other than those two, get the bad ending, go back, and then choose us. Yeah. And then at the end of the seventh door, like I did right before we end, there is another timed choice, another three seconds. Only this time, you have to fail the time limit to go on. And choosing the option is an ending. Okay. Huh. Huh. I like that. Like, there's all the gameplay here. I mean, like, you get elements, like, switching up the choice thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's how Morgana gets you. Yeah. Hey, I'm a Ghanad, yeah. <laughs> More Ghanad. That's her show. Oh my god. It's like punked only. Only it takes like a millennium to produce. Now, because of Morgana's personality, like any of these things are applicable. Like she, I mean, I'm really like, she really is the genie of the mansion. Like any kind of, any kind of dumb bullshit. I would be like, oh yeah, whatever <laughs> the most annoying thing is possible. It doesn't matter what it is. Like she should do it. I like how we've written her as just really annoying. Yeah, she's just a reality TV show host at this point. Yeah, she's one of the Pauls. She's like the Logan, oh, God, Logan and yeah. Jake Pauls, like uh. mother descendant. 
Uh, I'm oh, sorry, God. Morgana. That was uncalled for. I just keep, with all your stuff, like you keep doing like the the genie stuff, and I keep doing like musical numbers from Disney. Like, <laughs> I'm named Morgana, sir. I got a trick or it's two literally or three. That. I'm in the mood to kill your brood. You ain't never met a witch like me. <laughs> That's gonna be the next chapter. It's gonna be Michelle summoning her, and she appears. It's all pink instead of blue, but because of the hair. But like that's literally the whole thing, and um, that's great. I can't wait to be done with this game, so that I can see all the fan art and all the memes. Just in time for the live action movie. Is that what? <laughs> the live action Fada Morgana. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, like like Aladdin. Yeah, Aladdin is. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah, it's out. <laughs> sure is. Aladdin was my favorite movie when I was a kid. <laughs> I got to see uh, it early. Oh, you have to see all these horrible live-action remakes. I, uh, no, my, uh, my mom, uh, took my daughter, uh, so I didn't have to see Aladdin. My, uh, well, alright, I digress. We don't have to. Anyway, so, <laughs> well, I'll tell that next time. Find out the hidden Sloby floor next episode. Did he see the movie? What did he think about it? Next so time. your reading for next time is to watch the Aladdin remake. Yeah, we'll sorry. Aladdin, yeah. Sorry, everyone. Hey, good luck. And then Jafar's <laughs> Revenge. That was good. good. It was good. <laughs> good night, folks. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>